and shared about his uh, short ministry trip to Nicaragua for a week, and he goes there once or twice a year to um, just encourage and the leaders there, and he ministers there, and um, I don't know of how many people know that Glenn's the leader of Nicaragua over the missions there for the Association of Vineyard Churches, and all the vineyard churches, um, we place a high value on missions, and so all the churches, including our own, we take a certain percent of all the tithes and offerings every month, and we give it back to the Association of Vineyards for the Missions Task Force. And so it's kind of cool because the missions task force pays for Glenn to go on these ministry trips. Um, and so last week he was sharing about his adventure on a boat and a bus for 10 hours, and all that went really well. So thank you so much for all your prayers on that. I did get a call that a wife doesn't want to hear um, yesterday saying, looks like there's a red light, some kind of mechanical issue with the airplane. So they're trying to fix that in Nicaragua. I'm like, oh, great, you know, so uh, I'll be praying. You know, I wasn't thinking beyond that, just like, yeah, they'll fix it. He got on, um, I don't know, hours and hours later. Then he missed his connection flight in Houston. And then he gave me a couple more calls. And then the one call is, I think I might be able to get, am I okay? Okay, thank you. Um, so that he, um, that everybody was trying to scramble and get on these connecting flights. And um, I was still thinking, well, yeah, he's going to make it. He'll be here this morning. Then he gives me another call when a wife totally doesn't want to hear. Honey, you know, I'm not going to be here at all. Would you teach tomorrow morning? <laughs> this is like at 730 at night. And I'm like, what? He goes, you know, just something out of your devotions. I'm like, I, I, I haven't been doing devotions this week. I've been like totally painting this office. Ezra moved out, so I'm like taking over this room. And I've just been like literally going to 1230 every night, just doing all this stuff. And so I'm like, okay, so 730 last night. I said, all right. I will do this. Um, and then I'm thinking 9 o'clock in the morning. I'll, so I just started praying and texting. Can you pray for me? Because I feel that, you know, when things happen, things happen. It's got to be for a purpose. And so, you know, so I'm obedient in that. And I sure hope he appreciates me to doing this this morning. So what he asked me to do really was I don't have time, obviously, to prepare and to teach. But I do have um, just some things on my heart. And I could, we could kind of do like a morning devotion. And um, almost every time I share, I usually come up and, um, you know, just encourage you guys in your faith and just to keep on keeping on. So it's just good that my message today will sort of go along with um, that theme uh, for sure. But, um, you know, I wanted to say something just really quick about just these ministry trips. You know, Glenn loves going on them. He always comes home exhausted, but he comes home just encouraged and his faith is like strengthened again and not that he doesn't get that from just you know pastoring a church but there's something about doing outreach he he's like that he looked forward to thursday so much of just giving the food away at the food bank and he's always just so encouraged he comes back with just like more energy and life and years and years ago um when we were um pretty young so going back to 1980 I was in high school. Um, I graduated in 81 and um, got married in 82. And we had our kids 84, 86, 88, and 90. In 1991, at my 10-year high school reunion, I had four kids. And I was high school mascot. So I had to do some things at that reunion. And I won the award for the most kids, all my own. They're like, are they all yours? <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> 
Uh, and um, but anyway, we um, Glenn went on the first mission trip with John and Carol to England, and there's it's written in books. It was just a great, uh, wonderful um, time, and uh, I think that kind of captured his heart then to go. And John would just teach on the kingdom of God, and then they, you know, then they would just do ministry time and they would pray. So they would teach and they would do. Whoops, and um, and I wanted to go, but again, you know, I was in high school, so I couldn't leave. And so right after we got married, we went to England, and we did some more ministry trips. We went to South Africa for two and a half months. Um, then I was having babies, so Glenn went to Brazil, to Australia, to New Zealand, to uh, Mexico many times. I've done that. Um, and then, you know, he's been going to Nicaragua. And I just want to encourage you guys in that, that those times of ministry, even though they cost us financially because it was all out of pocket. We didn't buy a house over the first 15 years of our marriage. Um, we gave a lot in the early years to just doing more and more ministry. And I have no regrets on that. God blessed um, us with our first purchase. We still live in our first home and probably will the rest of our life. And uh, But just, ha- uh, just encourage you to do outreach. If you could make it on Thursdays. If you ever feel like, like what Paul was saying, you know, you're just spiritually and just in your faith, you're just kind of going along, but you need a supercharge. You'll show up and you'll be tired and you'll have a million other things to do that day, but you'll get there and when you give the food away and when you look in the faces of those that um, are full of Jesus, you'll be blessed back. So I just want to encourage you to do that and just so glad that Glenn has these opportunities to go and I know this summer they're going to go and I'm hoping that that you guys can uh, go with him. So that's something to save money towards in a plan because it's just so worth it. And usually there's not travel difficulties. <laughs> Hopefully. So um, anyway, let me get to my notes here. I've kind of gotten off that. Um, when Glenn asked me to share, he just said, you know, would you just, you always just have something on your heart, just strengthen and encourage people's faith. And would you just, um, you know, just kind of just focus on that. So I know he's been teaching on love and a couple of years ago, I, um, he was gone, so I had about three weeks to prepare. And I taught on a verse, Galatians 5, 6. And this is a verse that um, I have written on a little rock on my desk. And I work full time, um, pretty much seven days a week, and on call nights and weekends. When you're in sales, you, you go when someone wants to buy something. So um, I have these little rocks, and I brought three rocks with me today, but rocks on my desk, things that I can just look at that I will help me keep focused in life. You know, you, we get so busy just doing our day-to-day thing. We wake up, we go to work, we take care of kids, we go to school, we go back to work, we pay the bills, we do all our errands and all our chores, and we have family and extended family and friends, and there's so much responsibility that we have every day that we easily can lose focus on what is most important. And years and years ago, um, uh, I prayed. I was pregnant with Ezra, our fourth baby. I was going to have four kids, the oldest being five. And I just said, okay, God, you know, I'm laying down my life again. And I say yes, and I surrender everything to you. I prayed for an eternal perspective. I've shared this before. And God gave me an eternal perspective. It was a spiritual experience that I had where I actually felt the power of God come on me. I felt... um, that he just said, you know, that life is so short, and we just don't know how long we're going to have. And on a timeline, um, 
you know, when you look at your life, if you 70, if you have strength, 90, 80 or 90 maybe, you know, but I know that um, uh, I'm turning 50 this year, and I start thinking about, gosh, you know, 20 years ago, I remember that so well, 20 years from now, I'm going to be 70, and you just get, as older you get, you kind of start putting things in perspective like that, and for me, I just think, well, what really matters, what really counts, we do all these things that are just so, don't matter, you know, so um, the Lord gave me this um, a vision, and he, he just really spoke to me, so Anyway, a couple years ago, I spoke on Galatians 5, 6. It just says the only thing that counts is faith, expressing itself in love. And I just think that's so powerful. And you, um, the reason why I wrote it on a rock is I wanted to tell you about that, why I write things on rocks. <laughs> Not that I need more stuff around my desk because my kids and my family know I have so much clutter, so much stuff. I just kind of like have a collage I have this whole entire room now upstairs from my office, and it is just completely full of stuff that I think, where was it? Like it was in a little five-by-five five cubby space that I used to have my, well, I still have that desk there too, but anyhow. And then Brenda moved out, so I got both upstairs rooms. One's a hobby room and one's my office now. And Glenn is just like, I won't ever go upstairs. Just put your stuff up there. But anyway, um, I want to just share quick about the rock thing, why I have these rocks and why I do this little thing. But years ago, I was going through a really difficult time. And uh, one of my best friends in California that I grew up with, her name's Nancy, and we, she was with me when I became a Christian, July 1st, 1976. And we um, just kind of grew up together. We got married, had kids, and we just have always been in touch. She's just a real um, wonderful friend um, to have around. And um, she, I was going through a hard time, and she says, hey, let me, I'm, I want to come up. I want to come up. And so we went. She came up here, and she goes, let's go to San Juan Island. So I don't know, Glenn was gone. So we got in the car, we went to San Juan Islands, and there was this little shop. There's rocks all over the beach and stuff, and we were finding these rocks. But there was a little beach, I don't know, a little beach shop, I don't know if you've ever seen them, where they have like little magnets and they have funny sayings on them, or little, you know, you see those. And they'll have like an old picture cut out with like two ladies in a kitchen just, you know, saying something funny. You know, I still do dishes or something, you know. But anyway, there was these, um, there was a rock that kind of caught my attention, but a couple of them, and I wanted to share with you that I just, I loved, I thought they were so funny. One was, um, if you're going to be a turd, go lay in the yard. And I thought, that's so funny. The other one said, you know, two things for dinner, take it or leave it. Um, no, you know, I have a magnet that says, be nice or leave. I have another one that says, the best things in life are not things. And so I like stuff like that, little sayings that kind of, and the one that particularly that day caught my attention was, um, when you're going through hell, keep going. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know, when you're going through the fire, and the Bible says, you know, when you, when you go through the water, when you go through the fire, I'll be with you, don't fear. So it's not saying if you go through it, it's saying when, because it's going to happen. We're going to go through difficult times. We're going to go through the fire. Um, and this rock said, you know, when you go through hell, you, you kind of think you're just there. That's where you live. This is, you get negative. You know, that's your perspective. You just think, all right, this is, you know, things are just going to get worse, and and for me, it just meant just kept going. When you go through the valley, the shadow of death, when you go through the valley, you know, you're not, you don't live there. And so um, made me think of one time in California. It was just a beautiful day. And um, I had my sunglasses on, which I hardly ever wear here. But, and I was just, like, complaining. Like, there's so much smog. There's always so much smog in California. The sky's always so brown. And just being really negative about, you know, just how horrible things were the air, the quality, and um, I took my glasses off, and they were brown tortoiseshell glasses, so 
you know, it really was very beautiful and blue, but it was just these stupid brown glasses that I, my sunglasses. So after that, I never got brown sunglasses again, because I'm like, it really does just kind of, just kind of, you know, when you have that perspective, everything just looks so, you know, gloomy and terrible. And it's, we live in Wilsonville, so, you know, I don't know why, but lately we've just been getting this fog and everything just seems really, you know, horrible. And then you drive like two miles away and it's just blue, as blue as can be. So I um, want to talk a little bit about perspective and just keeping our eyes fixed on what really matters and what's really important. And I think the way to do that is to, um, is to, um, is God's word because it's the truth and it's, it's what anchors us and it's what guides us and what um, keeps us strong. So a couple of other little rocks I have. Um, Mother Teresa, God does not demand that I'm successful. He demands that I be um, faithful. When I'm facing God, results are not important. Faithfulness is what's important. So I like that rock. And then the last one um, that I have, a little bigger one, and I just take a permanent mark over it, and this, this says, um, Paul um, was talking about his ministry, and it just says that he went around strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. And I just felt like, you know, on a short notice, I went to my rocks, and I said, okay, God, you know, I really want to strengthen and encourage your faith today. I don't have a lot of time, so I just want to encourage you to remain true to the faith and to stay strong, to keep on keeping on. And I feel like God gave me a couple little verses that I can use today that'll hopefully do that for you. And I know Glenn's been talking on love, and so I'll try to stay with that as well. Um, see where I'm at in my notes here, excuse me. I'm going to have to wear my reading glasses. Um, maybe just going back a bit um, here when I was talking about going on ministry trips in the early years of the church, and I'd love to be able to share more on that someday about those years of when the church, the vineyard was first being started and where the experience that we had at the mother church of planting and sending out people, um, the preaching and teaching on the kingdom of God. Um, the vineyard is so committed to the theology and the practice of the kingdom of God, which is fulfilled in the life of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus. Um, uh, through um, his words and his deeds, healing and justice, deliverance, with the power and compassion. Um, and uh, I just believe that during the worship experiences that we have when we worship, that God's love reigns. His, it, God's love comes. I don't know if you felt it today during worship. I did, just entering into the, the experience of his presence and how important it is to enter into that experience of his presence um, and uh, just being called to his purpose to continue and to grow in faith. And I know that, um, you know, one of the things that we ask every day is, okay, God, you know, what's the Father doing? I just want to do what the Father I don't want to um, divert off of that. I think often we, uh, we do stray from it. So it's not just uh, our church, um, our time here, but the one at home and one our neighbors. And I just want to, um, in John 3, uh, 16 through 18, I want to read that. It just says, um, Dear children, let us not love with words and tongue, but in actions and in truth. And um, I do believe that God's just encouraging us as a church to just to step it up, to do more outreach, to be, and that's going to be, it could be in your world. It could be with your kids. It could be with your kids' friends. Just to be bold and courageous. Say, God, what are you doing? And he'll show you. And to take that step and to reach out to someone. 
And maybe it is a phone call, or maybe it is a text or an email, or maybe it's showing God's love in a real practical way. I was at home for about 20 years, and I had more opportunities to show God's love in a practical way, demonstrating and showing how much God loved for someone by helping watch their kids, helping them with um, some really practical things. So I, I don't think that any of us, and sometimes it's always uncomfortable and it's always a little hard to say, can I pray for you? And to step that up, I've been doing that lately even with my work, and that's been kind of um, crazy to do with someone just in a really hard time, somebody in transition just saying, hey, you know, um, I'll be praying for that. Do you want me to pray for you now? And they're like, really? <laughs> and I think that, um, and every time I do, I'm a little shaky, and you think you get used to that, but I'm not yet. So, um, uh, what, uh, I know I'm skipping around a lot, but I just took some, you know, I'm going off of some notes, and then I'll get to my scriptures, but I shared a couple years ago about a friend of ours who shared his experience, this dream he had about him dying, and um, he went to heaven, and he faced Jesus, and on that day he faced him, Jesus asked him the one question, do you remember that question that Jesus said, did you learn to love? And I think of that often, and it really um, something that would happen, I don't know, but if he were standing alone with him one-on-one, and he asked us that question, did you learn to love? And so first, I think that that really means, did you learn how to love me? You know, um, not talking about loving others. Did you learn how to love me? What does that mean, to love him? And, um, you know, when G- I think, um, you know, Jesus asked people, do you love me? He asked Peter after Peter denied him three times, you know, do you love me, Peter? And um, I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you just um, weren't sure if someone loved you, and so you had to ask him that, and you feel like, well, why do I even have to ask that you love me? Um, but when you... Uh, he asked him, and he, and of course, he knew that you know Peter loved him, and he said, "You know, I love you." And he asked him three times. He said, "Then show me that you love me, basically, by feeding and taking care of my sheep, to love others." And I think that is really kind of how it sums up. And if we will learn how to live into love for Jesus, um, that's what it's about—to learn how to do that. And um, I, we want to just encourage you guys to do that here in this church, in whatever way. Um, it's, it goes with relationship. You know, when we pray for our kids, when we pray for baby dedications, we ask, you know, Lord, we want them to love you so that they'll live for you. Because how can you um, do if you don't love? You know, if we just did acts just like out of legalistic, you know, religion, that's the difference between religion and relationship, is that you're living this life to obey God, and you're just doing these rules and these, and it's hard work to walk a path of faith to walk in a life like that, you know, to say, keep my eyes on you, God, I'm going to do what's right and resist temptation and these things, but if you love him first, then, you know, it seems like it just kind of, it goes along. Like, I mean, I think you raise your kids and you say, okay, you're raising them to love the Lord and to live for him, but if that's not in their hearts to want to be willing, to want to obey, you can't make that happen. You know, that's something that God has to do and God has to put in there and I think we can pray for that. And it's up to God to do that. And it's up to us to make the, ch- the choice and the will to do it. Um, <clears throat> Jesus said in um, John 14, um, Does I tell you the truth that anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing? And even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father, and I will do 
whatever you ask in my name, so that they may bring glory to the Father. So you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And the next thing he says is, I mean, that's so awesome. That's so great. You know, we're praying for the promises. We're praying for healing. We want to see miracles. We want to see prayers answered. We, um, we have some things in our heart as a church that God's given us and shown us, and we're not there yet. And I keep thinking, gosh, you know, why aren't these things happening yet? And I think there's a time, there's, you know, um, perseverance um, and endurance, but there will be a reward. And I feel that that reward and those promises are around the corner, but I feel like in order for those things to be fulfilled and happen, that we have to keep pressing in, and we need to keep seeking the Lord. And I think we need to bring our lives under alignment to him to say, Lord, you know, are there things that aren't right, you know, and let's just get rid of them because we want our prayers answered. We want provision. We want protection. And we want to be close to God and the heart of God. And we want to see, we want the best that God has for us. We don't want to settle and compromise for less. And I think that there's so much more. I just really do. And, um, um, and the next thing he says after that in verse 15 is, if you love me, then you obey what I command. And I think there's that if. If you do, then you're gonna, we're going to um, live our lives that way and to show it. Um, we're going to love to, uh, we want to see these promises. We want to see God's fulfillment and his anointing. And so to talk on just faith for a minute. So Glenn's been talking on love. And I think we're, I think we're a church that really ha- that do, does love and that really has shown that. I mean, we have been so loved personally through um, uh the ministry that you guys have had, even just given to us during the years and through some really hard times um, that, you know, I think this is a church that really has loved. I'm just encouraging you to do that more and to ch- uh, encourage you more to um, to just grow in your faith and to remain true in your faith. Um, when I was looking up some scriptures on faith, it just was interesting to me that there were so many times that God, that Jesus noticed people's faith. He looked at their faith, and he knew what level they were at. He said many times, oh, this woman of great faith, your, it was your great faith. I've never seen faith like this. Or, you know, th- why do you have lack of faith? Why do you doubt? You know, and he would say, why do you have little faith? And he would let them know, you know, like, hey, I'm God. I'm big God. You just saw me do all these things, and why do you have little faith? You know, I mean, he, I mean, I, I think that there's, our faith wanes. It goes up and down, and I think that there's times when we just say, okay, God, like the apostles prayed, um, in Luke 17, Lord, increase our faith, exclamation point, you know, increase our faith. And so when we're low, we just say, God, we pray for more. We just, we want to have faith and increase our faith. And I tell you what, when we start seeing uh, people healed and testimonies of some real answered prayers, our faith is going to explode. And I think these years have really humbled us. And those that um, really have remained true and pressing on and on, the reward is coming. We're going to see um, people, new people in the kingdom, and we're going to see um, some great and mighty things, and it's just going to be done in the most simplest, humblest ways. And so I just feel like God said, just prepare us today for that, to be expecting it, to be looking for it. And there was a time when we were on a ministry trip in Africa, and John said, tonight there's going to be a miracle, so just get ready today. And I'm like, how do you get ready for that? Like, what do you mean, miracle? Like, how do you get ready for that? I want to see it. I want to see, like, leg grow or whatever. I'm like, how? He goes, well, I just want you guys to be ready. And I was like, well, how do? And I was like 19 years old. I'm like, how do you get ready for that? And he goes, well, <clears throat> just go away alone 
spend time alone with God and just say, okay, God, just search my heart. Is there any sin in me? Is there anything in me that would hinder me or prevent me from, I just want to have a pure heart because those that have a pure heart will see God. I want to see you, what you're doing, and I want to be a part of that and just to take time to reflect today that you won't be caught up in anything else but just, you know, why you're here. So, um, I don't know, so I did that and I was just like, Lord, you know, I just, I want to, be used by you. We're here. He's doing a conference on healing, you know, and I've shared the story, but, you know, I, um, that night he was praying for all kinds of people, people going forward, and that was the day that, you know, the guy came up with his teeth, missing teeth, and I prayed for him, and um, I took my fingers in his sockets. Oh, and I was like, grow in the name of Jesus, you know, and, and um, teeth popped up, and it was documented later and all that from a dentist. I mean, you know, so I was able to see that and experience it. It did change my faith for many years. But interesting how faith wanes, because here, you know, like years and years later at the Anaheim Vineyard 20-year anniversary, I'm there going, they're telling this story. I'm like, don't say my name. Don't say her name. Don't I want to pray for any teeth. I don't even know if that really happened. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just was, it was a lot of hype and excitement, and people were jumping around, and I just, I do not know if that was really true, and they should never, you know, I just do, I hope to God they don't use my name, as I kept saying, don't say Donna, don't say, and then it was the pastor of the vineyard church was sharing, and he didn't say my name, but he said, this young woman, you know, and, you know, there's all kinds of stories, but that was just one story, but then he said, and that man came to my church, and he went to the dentist, and he didn't go just like one, two, three, three, four. And he was like 62 years old. And it was just like this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that like really happened. And I went forward, and I said, I want my faith back. It has been robbed, and I want it back. I want that kind of faith back. Like, how could I forget, like, this great thing happened, and how do you stray away from that? And that's what happens as you go along your life, and you get real busy, and things fill it, and then you just go, did that really happen? I mean, even Mary, mother of Jesus, I mean, you know, she experienced the angels and the whole divine everything. And then here she loses Jesus, and then she's 12 years old, and she's like, well, where is he? What is he doing? She is, she's lost him. So just think of that. She lost Jesus. You know, there's times in our life when we go, do we have Jesus? I mean, you know, and, and there he is, you know, in the you know, temple praying, and I'm just in my father's house, you know, but she, I think that even Mary, had times when she wondered, you know, where's Jesus? And, um, and we do too. So I hope to just, like I said, you know, I think coming together, worshiping together, and praying together, we're going to, um, I think God's going to answer our prayer, this prayer, increase our faith. Uh, Jesus said a little bit later in Luke 18, 8, I tell you that you will see these things, and he was going to bring justice, and quickly he was going to do these things. And then he kind of, as an afterthought, says, well, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find any faith on earth? And I tell you, that just, like, really just struck my heart. Like, Lord, I want, I want to finish well. I'm going to wrap this up just saying, you know, I just I want to finish well, God. I want, I want to remain true. I've been a Christian now since 1976, however many years that is. And some of you guys are in different places in your journey and in your spiritual walk. And there's going to be times along the way where we just grow tired, we grow weary, we don't see our prayers being answered, and we wonder, is this even real? Is this even right? And what, you know, we just get disillusioned. There's different things that happen, and that is why we, Glenn and I, are committed to pastoring a church. You know, I mean, there's, uh, 
you know, to, to say we need to get together every single week, not just on Sundays. We need more home groups. We need more Bible study. We need people to say, there's a book, Philippians, four chapters. Let's get together four weeks and read it and pray together and just get together and strengthen and encourage each other along the way. A lot of people have been doing this for a long time, and we need to, we need help, <laughs> and we need others that will um, also take the initiative to do that. But we're committed to that. We really are because we just see the importance of it. I don't think that we're going to remain true to the faith unless we corporately continue and commit to gathering together to worship, to study and learn the word, and to pray for one another, and to go back out into our lives and to take Jesus with us wherever we go and to say, Father, what are you doing? Show us. I felt like I was to end with um, reading a scripture. And um, I just feel like um, that we're to take, we're just to put our, I think we're just to take some time today so and just and we'll ask John to come up and worship and then we're just going to take some time and that maybe we will have ministry time or maybe it'll just be where we're sitting but I really just feel that we are to say to align ourselves with God sometimes we get off a little and we're not aligned and I tell you what when you're connected and when you're aligned with God and, the, and you're living in the power and the presence of God things just go better like when we're off you know we, we don't we have fear we get depressed we're, we're not we, we get stressed easily. We don't sleep well. Things aren't, like, right. And if you feel that things aren't right, then I just want you to take time just to say, okay, God, and maybe you are right. You're just lying to keep me aligned. I just, I, I want to encourage you to take the time to do it. But I want to read these scriptures. And um, this is just what I felt like God led me to um, share so we can end with. Um, it's in Thessalonians. Um, sorry, I don't have projectors. But um, it's, uh, the chapter is called, finally, um, it's called Living to Please God. And so I want to share this, and I want to um, pray. <clears throat> and it's, it's really just Timothy's encouragement to these people. Finally, brothers and sisters, we instructed you on how to live in order to please God. And in fact, you are living. Now we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know the instructions that we gave you by the authority of Jesus Christ. It is God's will. And sometimes I say, well, God, what's your will? Well, there's so many times in the Bible it just clearly says it. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. Set aside. You know, for a holy purpose. Set aside. Your life is set aside. And it's God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong his brother or sister or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins that we've already told you about. Um, for God's called us to live um, a holy life, not impure. And then he says on here, live a life in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers, um, and warn those who are idle to encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. 
do not put out the Spirit's fire, and do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. Avoid it. Just like when you're driving, just go around it. Get away. Get through it. <laughs> get, you know. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, your soul, and your body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. And I just say thank you, God, that you will do that for us, Lord, that you're going to help us stay faithful to you, that you're going to keep us aligned, that you're going to show us your will, you're going to teach us how to love you and to love others. And, Lord, we want, I want to be in God's will. I, I don't want to be outside of his will. You know, that song that um, John sang earlier, Lord, will you lead me, I will follow, about, I don't know, it was about 10 years ago, I was singing that song, and I felt like I saw the two points in the road, and it just was like um, one of them said suffering. And I said, oh, God, I don't want to go that way. Oh, no way. And But Jesus was going that way. So I said, if I'm going to go with Jesus, I will obey, and I'll go down the path if that's what if sufferings and hardships involved, and I'd rather go there with Jesus than without him. So, John, come on up, and let's just sing us a couple songs. I just feel like it's kind of serious. I just feel like God wants us to um, get our lives aligned to get ready, just like John said, hey, there's going to be miracles coming. There's going to be these blessings coming. You want to be a part of it or if you don't want to be a part of it. But if you want to be a part, I just want to pray that we'll just really just examine. Take a, you know, just examine our hearts and our lives. And if there's anything that's out of um, whack, to get it back. Thank you. <laughs> 